Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a University Challenge Appreciation Podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. Why, hello there. Didn't see you come in. Please take a seat. Come listen to us. It's the next episode of I Got That One. Yeah, so welcome to... That's a bit of a strange introduction, Tom. It was a little bit too seductive, I think, for <laughs> this kind of podcast. Well, we'll leave it in, um, I think. Sure, why not? Yeah, so anyway, welcome everyone to episode 11 of I Got That One. Indeed, and uh, this time we had what could potentially have been the next uh, Courtauld Institute of Art. Yes, indeed. So First time I got it right. Yeah, so uh, if Tom has been calling uh, Courtauld Institute of Art music this whole time. I feel like it's because... Part of me knew that there was a music academy some in this season. Some kind of premonition. Yes, mm-hmm. as if uh, some spirit was speaking through me. Yeah. Not at all because, you know, I'm getting slightly demented and uh, <laughs> easily mixed words up in my head. Well, your uh, kind of vision came true this week. Indeed, because we have the Royal Academy of Music versus mm-hmm. St. John's College of Indeed. Cambridge. Now, the Royal Academy, it's interesting because I think uh, the music certificates I got as a kid came from the Royal Academy. Okay, well, I mean, it is the oldest conservatoire. Yes, founded in 1822, Mm -hmm. making it almost 200 years old. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I have to say, uh, we've talked in the past about uh, specialised colleges. Yeah. Wow, are they specialised. Yeah, so um, average age of 23. Mm -hmm. And so we get Vernon, who plays the trumpet. Which, I mean, that's how they yeah, introduced themselves of course, as well. Yeah. Um, Golden with a master's in piano accompaniment. Mm-hmm. Lavelle, the captain, doing a master's in choral conducting. And Bain with a master's in violin performance. Yes, and I know what you're thinking. No, not that Bain. Although I would love to see that. <laughs> I was molded by the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, I what I found it really interesting was that I mean, I, I've thought that masters um, and bachelors, these are typically academic disciplines. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they applied to technical things, especially um, playing instruments and mastering instruments. So I wonder if um, some kind of history and theory goes into the well, education as well. I'm sure it does. Of course, because often when you are a very accomplished piano accompaniment, mm-hmm. a company year, mm-hmm. you have to be able to sight read very well. And that requires a lot of theory. Yeah, okay. And that's something that uh, people don't realize is that there's actually a lot of mathematics where involved yeah. when it comes to playing music yes. effectively. Because mm. you have to keep a good meter of time, you need mm. to be able to kind of space things out appropriately. It's basically uh, applied mathematics with your fingers. Mm. So that, that was very interesting. I mean, it's the first time that I've seen people doing uh, bachelor's and master's in uh, playing musical instruments. So it was really impressive. It is indeed very impressive. I mean, that's where Elton John uh, went, yeah, which yeah. is quite interesting. And quite a few other famous figures as well. Yeah. One um, other thing I want to say before we move on. Yeah. They had a very cute mascot. <laughs> they did. Actually. It looked like a little moon wearing pajamas with a big brass uh, thing. I was like, Aww. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, if only you got points for uh, mascots. <laughs> and so we had uh, then St. John's Cambridge, founded in the 16th century, specifically 1511. Yes, by the mother of Henry VII. Mm. Wow. That sounds very old. It is. Well, it's 500 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clues in the title. Goodness. Um, so they won the competition back in 2018. Which, that's actually very recent. Indeed, yeah. I think we saw that final. We did, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so average age of 21. So we had Marrow doing natural sciences, uh, Malherrick doing natural, natural sciences, sciences as well. And Malherrick uh, comes from uh, Krakow po- yeah, in, Poland. in Poland. Musgrove, the captain, doing history and Willis with an MPhil in history. So I think this is the first time we've had two double majors. Yeah, I think so. Which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, I don't think it's a super small college. I think they've had got 900 students, give or take. Yeah. Which is on the larger end of a, uh, Oxbridge uh, College. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they had plenty to choose from. It's just interesting that it aligned that way. Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, as we found out from our special episode interview with Michael Cohn, which I hope you guys listen to, um, yeah. a lot of the students are selected from taking tests yeah. and, um, and then the teams are actually decided based on that. So it, it really is... Um, coincidence that it happens to be two double majors this time. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is just a coincidence. It's just a funny coincidence. Yeah. Like uh, the Strathclyde team having three people from Glasgow. <laughs> exactly. And um, mm-hmm. uh, mascot, not much to talk about. It's an eagle that didn't look very comfortable. It was kind of like <laughs> sat backwards slightly. Right, kind of facing off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to mention is that Musgrove was very efficient in how he introduced himself. Mm-hmm. A sign of things to come. Perhaps, perhaps. He says with ominous foreboding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into the rounds. Yes, like uh, Paxman says, let's just get on with it. Mm-hmm. So the first buzz-in was this time it went to St. John's, and it's a correct interruption. Yes. So it looks like it's definitely a trend towards that. Uh, they didn't do super well in the first team uh, answer round, mm-hmm. but uh, it was quite a tough one. Although uh, I've, they seemed very foolish not getting the Greta Thunberg uh, question correct. Yeah, yeah. And one thing which I was annoyed with myself for not knowing, because I love his work, is... Uh, Gendi Tartarovsky mm. you know the guy who created Dexter's Laboratory Indeed. yeah yeah and one of the best Star Wars cartoons mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half long uh, animated special and it's amazing yeah there's a bit where Miss Window is destroying things with his fists <laughs> amazing so I, I actually thought that Musgrove was a really really good captain I for sure mm-hmm. so he was obviously very knowledgeable in his own right absolutely um, yeah. so just going back to kind of going into the questions that they yeah, he got right six out of seven that's very good. Um, he lost five points on an interruption. Yeah, you know, that, it's a gamble that you make. And we talked about it previously, about how sometimes you have to you know, mix between gambling and playing it safe. Yeah. And he was definitely erring on the gambling side of things, but it very, paid off. Yeah, very consistently as well. So, For sure. Um, yeah, not only was he very knowledgeable, but um, he was a good captain in that he uh, included everyone in the conversation. He answered questions, but also passed on questions quite decisively. Yeah, I think if it was clear that, uh, you know, especially if Marrow was like, I have no idea, Willis was silent. Yeah. Then he was like, okay, let's move on. And I think also what is a good sign is that uh, Maharuk's English is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I think that sometimes uh, she couldn't understand Paxman super well because she had to ask for a few clarifications. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, you know, English probably being the second language, I think that um, it's it's even more impressive when you have to translate the question and the answer in your head. Yeah, for um, sure. So that extra effort. And, and I think she did phenomenally. No, she did fantastic. She was a fantastic candidate and mm-hmm. she did. She answered three questions, all yeah. of them correct. Yes. Very, very good. Started questions. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that sometimes Paxman speaks very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit of a distance away. If you're stressed, you might be like not being able to hear very well. Yeah, so. yeah. but even then, I think you know, she did very well. Not only just on the natural science questions, but also a couple on ge- history, geography, some general questions yeah. as well. I bring it up just because uh, the fact that Musgrove kept it in account and yeah. was you know, prepared to like you know go over it again mm-hmm. and uh, was very patient when like maybe you know a less patient individual might have said and not paid attention. Right. I think that's yes. very good. Yeah, he was very patient. That, that's yeah. true. That's Keeping true. it in account, I think, is a very good sign of a good captain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, from the St. John's team, uh, Mero was pretty excellent as well. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So she knew most of the Beatrix Potter questions, I noticed. <laughs> Very yeah. proudly so. Uh, it's definitely a cultural touchstone for many British individuals. Yeah, and then I think what was most interesting was that she got 
the start a question right on the classical music round? Yes, the music round was uh, orchestral pieces where there's a spoken word part. Yeah. And she got it because, I mean, I guess she heard it when she was younger and it just triggered the memory because she seemed super alert when she heard it. Yeah, so the answer was The Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra. And I wonder if, you know, while preparing for this competition, if that's one of the orchestras that you might listen to, just to, you know, it, it, it says guide in the name, so perhaps it does give you an overview of major classical pieces honestly you have to be prepared for literally anything as we've seen with yeah. all the music rounds so far we've um, had atlanta based hip-hop we've had <laughs> tchaikovsky Mo- yeah we've had motown uh singers singing in other languages yeah. tchaikovsky diss tracks like you said <laughs> it's like you really just cannot expect anything with the music round yeah. so but i think a guide like this is probably one of the more efficient ways to go about it maybe because we're definitely getting a classical orchestral yeah. music round for sure speaking so. of classical music rounds um mm-hmm. wow did royal academy um now it's not fair I'm sure that, uh, you know, they're very good at what they do. And it's unfair to expect them to know about yeah. all kinds of music, all kinds of orchestras. But, oh, did they not get any music questions right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that I was thinking about and I wanted to ask for your thoughts as well. Sure. So, being very over-specialized in... So, obviously, what they do is mastering musical instruments, getting mm-hmm. into the, the theory of, of music as well. Um, does that actually become a hindrance in this competition? I would say if you'd asked me two seasons ago, absolutely. Because I mm-hmm. uh, remember when SOAS was in the competition, they really, really struggled. And I don't think they got past the first round. Mm-hmm. But then court halls happened last season yeah. and they got very, very far. So mm-hmm. it goes to show that you're not necessarily hindered by being overly specialized. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just that the questions were very hard this uh, round. Yeah. I feel like there's kind of ebbs and flows with uh, the questions. Like sometimes they're just really difficult. Sometimes they're fun mm. and a bit more, they hide what the answer is behind the clever wording. Yeah. Well, I mean, also specializing in the particular subject of the question, right? So if it's a que- so if you're specializing in music and the question happens to be the technical aspects of music, um, when you're over-specialized, you can just imagine many, many options for possible answers. And, you know, the more specialized you are, the more possibilities there are. So you may take a longer time to get to an answer and and possibly even pick the wrong one. I mean, that's true in real life. You know, in the course I'm doing, there's a guy who at the very beginning, when he was asked questions about statistics, he came from a physics background and was applying a physics idea of statistics to the answer, which means that it was very correct, Mm -hmm. but it took five minutes to get to the point. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, and... It's very clear that some people do think that way. And even if you are in a high stakes, uh, time crunchy place, Mm -hmm. you can't escape that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Especially if, you know, you've been taught to really think about these questions for your entire life. Yeah. But anyway, on the whole, I did think the Royal Academy were a very good team. They were always in it, despite being, you know, a number of points behind. Oh, for sure. And they unfortunately did lose a number of points on interruptions. Yeah. Um... But they all, um, all members of the, the Royal Academy team buzzed in. So Golden um, buzzed in three times, got two right. Lavelle buzzed in once, unfortunately didn't get that. Bain buzzed in twice, got one. Vernon also buzzed in twice and got one. So all of them were attempting, all of them were in it. 
Yeah, and I think the other big difference is that they had a good sense of humor about it. Yeah. Uh, even at the end of the competition, where it's very clear what the answer is going to be, they know they're not coming back. There's still a big smile on their faces yeah, when that's they're what answering. I mm-hmm. And I think it's just they're coming in like, with a healthy attitude, which makes the difference mm-hmm. as compared to last week, where you can tell that Wolfson were not happy at being in the situation they were in. Yeah, I think Wolfson, even from the get-go, already... I, I felt that there was a bit of tension. A bit oh, of the shadow of Monkman looms above us yeah, all. Yeah. Then most of all. <laughs> but you know what I thought um, was quite impressive from, from Royal Academy was also um, Bain. He provided an answer on the Women's World Cup. So that was yeah. even before the question was finished. Um, he deduced it and came up with the answer perfectly Which is brave well, because he lost quickly. points the last time he answered uh, yeah, beforehand. Yeah, so I think all in all, they were willing to take risks. They were willing to try. I think I think that was pretty good. That actually leads me into another point I want to take, mm-hmm. which is where I feel like Paxman was both very generous and very harsh this round. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the one that Bain got wrong, I feel like it was unfair that he deducted points because yeah. he had finished the question as the buzzing came in. And I felt like he was being a little bit salt in a wound at that point. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas there was a point where uh, Mark Harrick was starting to confer during a buzzing question, mm. which is very much you're not allowed to. And in the past, he has been quite strong. Like, you may not confer, you may not yes, confer. Yes. But uh, he just, you know, ignored it. Mm. It might be because you know, maybe she was asking for what the question was again. Or maybe this was a Cambridge team. Or it might be that's a Cambridge Ooh, team. Conspiracy theories. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that there was a more wholesome reason behind it. <laughs> But you never know. Yeah, you never know. Let's talk about some of the questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, both picture rounds were quite good this time. That's true. The first one was maps of cities that are part of UNESCO's gastronomy creativity thing, which is something I didn't know existed. And that's Mm -hmm. actually quite fun to find out about. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to, you know, Google that afterwards and see... Yeah, Tucson, Arizona was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, so today I learned Tucson, Arizona has history. (laughs) Okay, uh, apologies to any Tucsonians out there, but it's just, it's one of the cities well, you don't really think yeah, about. Yeah, you don't really think about, you don't really hear about, not certainly in the context of uh, gastronomy. Exactly. I mean, when you think of Arizona in general, you think of heat and apayo. Yeah, I mean, that's just our stereotypes. <laughs> I know it's just stereotypes, but, you know... But, but yeah, anyway... Exactly. Hey, at least it's better than Connecticut. What do you know about Connecticut? Um, I know someone the from... The 30th silence. <laughs> I know someone from wrestling who came from Connecticut, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, the other one was... The film question? No, it is TV uh, series... TV shows, yes. Where the Sitcoms. lead character is a fictionalized version of that person. Yeah, so Seinfeld, obviously. Yeah, and it goes to show that we're definitely reaching a younger subset of the population because it took a while for someone to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think um, shows like Seinfeld at least came out in, what, 90s? Early 2000s? Yes, and uh, I recognize two of the three. Yeah. Um, including The Trip, which I've never seen, but is apparently very good. Mm-hmm. And Kirby Enthusiasm. Again, one I've heard is very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard of music. Yeah. So, you know, Seinfeld was actually the final episode date, 1998. Really? Yeah. So oh. it was just throughout the 90s. The first episode was in 89. Oh. So it was about 10 years. Okay, because I was under the impression that it finished well before Friends. I, I guess not. Yeah, but you know, then again, people on the you know, the average age of twenty one that means yeah. they were born after <laughs> Seinfeld. Definitely after Seinfeld. Ooh, ooh <laughs> I, I, I feel my bones starting to creak. <laughs> well, I think are there any other questions that really stuck in your mind this time round? 
Yeah, so none of the questions really stuck out to me this time. Really? Not really. I mean, I thought they were all pretty interesting, but yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing uh, nothing, nothing struck out to me. Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I quite liked the Beatrix Potter one because it was kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, they got the question right, there was even an awe from the audience because, yeah. like, aww, I think it was partly I think because. Even, yeah, even Pax oh, was pretty happy. Yeah, I, I think because it's just such a silly name to hear on yeah. University Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of sad that there were no video game questions this time around, mm-hmm. but you know. Well, they they haven't been for every single match, right? True, but sometimes it's nice to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's enough about the meat of it. Time to get onto the real the the reason why we're all here. The pièce de résistance of this uh, <laughs> podcast. podcast. The best dress section. Yes, indeed. So who's your pick for best dressed? Honestly, I think Marrow. Yeah? Yeah, because I think just her whole ensemble was just very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm normally not a huge fan of um, dungarees, but I thought that she pulled off to look quite well. Yeah. And the way that, you know, her hair was like was set up, I thought she was very nice. Mm-hmm. But Harik as well, very nicely dressed. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say my pick would be Marrow as well. I quite like the, the dungarees, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool ensemble. Yeah, overall, I think that um, yeah, it just goes to show why you need more women on your team. Part mm-hmm. of it is also, on average, they tend to seem to put in a bit more effort. <laughs> like, yeah, come on, guys. Like, you know, you have to do yeah. more than just, you know, the, the t-shirt a, and the uh, shirt on top. Yeah, colorful jumpers or good full van sust. And yeah, can I say that I really enjoyed seeing two very strong women on this team as well? In the St. John's uh, team. Yeah, they both contributed a lot, buzzed in, mm-hmm. uh, were heavily involved in the conferring. Yeah. And I have to say, I really enjoyed their send-off. I don't know whether it was intentional <laughs> or not, but they said at the same time, yeah, same pitch. Yeah, it was so was cute. Like, Aw. Yeah, it was so sweet. I love yes. it. And I think it just goes to show how much more energy there was this episode yeah. compared to last episode. It's true. It really felt like it was dragging yeah. uh, last episode. It was, yeah. And... I don't know. I, I really hope that uh, Merton put in a better show next time round. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I'm ha- really uh, interested to see where St. John's goes from here because yeah. I think they're a strong team. Definitely, definitely. Uh, they work well together. Yeah, very good captain. Very good captain. I think that they have the potential to go quite far. And definitely. I could definitely see them in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So definitely, I, I was really um, happy and excited watching this team. I enjoyed watching them confer and kind of have fun with it as well. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, that's also part of it. You have to talk about, you know, when teams are strong, when they aren't so well. But another thing which has to be talked about because it is a TV show is you have to be, have fun watching them. Definitely. And I had fun watching St. John's. Like, I had fun watching Kings. I had fun watching Glasgow to a certain extent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. St. Andrews with the Sherlock and Holtzman uh, two-man show Duo, going on. indeed. So, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of fun teams this time around. You have some stats you want to share with us? Yes, so courtesy of UC Stats, a very useful uh, Twitter account that we follow. Yeah, massive shout out to you guys, or guy, or girl. Or person following, uh, yes. doing this. Uh, so Musgrove is so far the fourth highest individual score. Really? Who's yeah. the highest? So Webb uh, from Corpus of Christi with individual score of 109. 109, yeah. Sherlock from St. Andrews, 104. Williams from Birkbeck 101 and Musgrove with 88 so pretty impressive so far yeah that's that's very good to hear and I mean that there's going to be some very exciting uh, you know clashes oh, next gosh, second round I am so excited to see that 
Yeah, but yeah. I feel like we're going to have to prepare ourselves for a few upsets mm. because there are just so many strong teams. Yeah, and we already have some favorites as well. So. I know. I feel like our hearts are going to be broken. Well, I mean, that that's all part of, of this competition and part of why we all love watching University Challenge. That is true. And on that um, somberish note, yeah. <laughs> uh, I once again, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, if you want to get in touch with us, we have our Twitter account. I got that one. As well as our Instagram account, also called I got that one and our email igto podcast at gmail.com so if you got any comments anything you want to share with us please do um connect with us on these channels and we'd be really thrilled to hear from you exactly but until next week it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me